Hey guys, welcome to the Live Live Play podcast. I'm your host Stephen Kinsel, and today I am with Cara Augustin Borg. I knew you joke. <laughs> that was great though. You did great. She actually, <laughs> said, she actually said I've got a joke, yeah. and I actually choked. Okay. Um, Cara is an, uh, doctor, uh, Dr. Cara Augustin Borg yeah. uh, of environmental science. And uh, Cara, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, uh, first off, this show is a little bit different because we're talking about climate change and how gym owners and general people can make a better uh, effort in helping the planet. Pretty yeah. much yeah. because it's not doing in so crisis, great. Yeah. In crisis, it's not <laughs> yeah. doing so well. Crisis, yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Car, before we get into this, uh, just give us a little bit of background on you and why you're so passionate about your your mission and your your goal. My vocation, my, your vocation, or my yeah. hobby, depending. Yeah. On. Um, yeah, I I actually grew up in the states and. Um, when I was a teenager, my parents moved to this place called Hanford, which is the biggest nuclear cleanup area in the world. So okay. it's where they developed the plutonium for the first atomic weapon that was dropped on Nagasaki. And uh, they didn't dispose of this nuclear material very well. So oh. it is leaking all over this desert. And my parents, both for their jobs, were in charge of like trying to help clean it up. Uh, so I suppose one of the jokes is that anyone who grew up there glows in the dark because we've probably all been yeah, exposed yeah. to some radiation. So I guess in, as a teenager, I would have been very aware of how humans can impact the planet and, yeah. and future generations' health on a, quite a significant scale. So that's kind of what got me into it and got me studying environmental science and engineering in college and grad school and um, brought me to Ireland to look at agriculture and environment because yeah. it's a huge issue here. It's also a huge issue in America. Um, and then I liked it so much I stayed. Okay. And you're, like, again, for people that are listening to this, uh, Cara, as you have your own website with, on your, that's a Cara. CaraAugustinBorg.com. But yes. actually, if you Google, I know that's really hard to spell, so if you Google the verdant yank, verdant as in green and yank yep. as in American, I, I come up on top, so you can find that. Okay, and we'll put that in our show notes, guys, so you can click the link below. We'll make sure it's there. Um, but also, you are a resident on News Talk, uh, and you were on there last night. I've heard you on it before, and you've been on TV. You, you've kind of you've, you've gotten around the, the social yeah. media, the actual the not social the media. The media, yeah. It turns out that there's, um, I guess, environmental things are, are becoming kind of more in. Yeah. Some of that is linked to economic growth. So when the economy is doing well, people are more they have more money to do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, so recently it's been a big thing and I really believe that the battleground for trying to get action on environmental issues is the media, yeah. the mainstream media or social media or whatever, that's where we have the debates and that's where people make their their decisions on what we should do. So yes. uh, I have a slot on News Talk because it's kind of a it's slightly right of centre politically uh, radio station so I think it's good to bring in sort of a left green yeah. view into that and it's called Down to Earth and every week we, we do a different environmental topic and you're your request to have me come in to talk about gyms yes. got me thinking uh, about the environmental impact of gyms, which turns out is more significant than I thought. And uh, so we just finished a, a slot on on gyms and yeah. how they can do more for the environment. And that's what we're going to actually start talking about now. So, um, like we run a training center, turns out we're actually on the better aspect of uh, being climate friendly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure about that, but turns out compared to your standard global gym um, and you've, you've done the research so the likes of 
Like I know that most gyms, treadmills are on, depending on the length of hours they're open. They're open, they're on for 15 to 20 hours per day. If they're a 24 hour gym, some gyms don't, they put them on standby. So they're, on, goes, the they're on all the time. You've got minimum of like 40 to 50 pieces of electrical cardiovascular equipment in the gym at all times. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got the software, you've got, if you have a pool, that's another huge impact huge, yeah. to the environment. And I worked in pools for years. I know the chemicals. I know everything that goes on there. And I know what happens when things go bad. And I know what happens like when you have to, for example, backwash a pool and how much fresh water you need to replace that. So yes, there is the, I suppose the flip of the coin, people get to be active, people get to swim, it's good for the community, yeah. but then there's also a negative impact. And then where does the balance found so when you were doing your research like what did you kind of did it shock you to see what was going on with gyms or you yeah. kind of go yeah I kind of knew that I, I think I mean everything has an environmental impact so we we can't say like give up gyms because yeah, yeah for the environment because we give up everything like yeah, yeah that's just humans there's too many of us on the planet you know um uh, so in that sense I wasn't surprised but but what what I was surprised about is the inefficiency in some ways of a gym because yeah. it's a really big space it's a really big space to heat and power mm. or keep cool or whatever and of course you've all these sweaty bodies in the gym so you're using air conditioning you're using heating because you want yeah. people to be comfortable when they come in from you know a cold outside um and and you don't the gym's not full all the time no. like it's empty a lot of the time or maybe yeah. just a few people in it so that's quite inefficient um, so that surprised me and I think the other thing that surprised me is I'm quite into renewable energy and every time I'm on the rowing machine I'm sitting here thinking I should be charging my phone with this it's ridiculous you know um, and it turns out there is a big trend now in gyms trying to be green and they're bringing in this kind of the, these these pieces of equipment that have been either retrofitted or they've been designed to, yeah. to, to power the lights and everything um, and I think what surprised me the most is that it actually makes almost no difference it's, re it's really a gimmick yeah. um, that, that gyms are doing to kind of um, to make themselves appear green and kind of differentiate themselves from other gyms yeah. but the reality of how much energy those machines can provide is really small yeah but even like if he's like as you said like if if our rowers um were able to power your phone and you didn't have to charge your phone at night. Mm -hmm. There are small little changes. No, I don't know if concept or have I even thought of that. I'm sure that it's come across their, their desk, but I know that everything we have is battery powered or it's not even battery powered. It, it will just work through human dynamo. Yeah, dynamo. Yeah. Um, and I know most gyms that have, like you, could, you can get treadmills, every piece of equipment that is plugged in, mm -hmm. you can replace with a non-electrical yeah. powered. Yeah. And they're just as good. And I know the likes of that, I'm not plugging concept, but concept machines are the best. They don't, they're very, if you maintain them, they don't break, you have yeah. a machine for life. Um, yeah, that makes a lot more <coughs> sense, you know, in terms of you know, payback or yeah. whatever, than, than buying one of these ones that plugs, plugs in and helps power the light bulbs or power your phone or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then when it comes to, obviously not like we have cleaning chemicals, your basics, Dettol and stuff like that. But like obviously the bigger gyms would have more industrial cleaning elements. And I know that when I, I did work with a glow, like a, a local gym for four years, and we did try to find the chemical cause people were walking around the floors. Mm -hmm. That was the least harshest on the, on the body, but it's still, um, we'd still get people that would be more sensitive and their feet would get yeah. like uh, infected rashes. and rashes and stuff like that and 
just those little things. But then when you have mass amounts of humans sweating, <laughs> um, you need to make sure it's disinfected really well yeah. because you can get, and it did happen to me, I had to cut my toe, I ended up with a very bad infection from cleaning floors because when I was cleaning the floors, I was wearing flip-flops and whatever was in the water yeah. gave me a very, very bad infection and actually ended up being on antibiotics and everything Jeez. for it. Uh, it was a bit crazy, um, but that was because, but then we have to do that cleaning to yeah. prevent that, yeah. but also there's a lot of chemicals. So, and, yeah, and, and I was really surprised when I was doing my research for this that um, there was a study based out of Portugal where they went around to gyms and measured air quality. Mm. And what they found is because people are breathing a lot harder in gyms and oftentimes the ventilation in these gyms isn't fit for purpose, yeah. um, they're inhaling even more of these fumes. You yes. know? And it can be the cleaning chemicals, it can be um, formaldehyde coming off of plastic. So if you have plastic countertops or anything, yeah. um, that, that's usually made of formica, which has formaldehyde in it which is a carcinogen uh, so people in gyms are more susceptible to air pollution yeah um, and so yeah you do have to use like effective chemicals uh, though I mean a lot of things like vinegar and uh, baking soda and that stuff actually are really effective yeah um, but at the same time you need to have really good ventilation to try and get those fumes out of the area so people aren't taking them in you know uh, um, then when it comes to plastics and again I wasn't until I read your stuff. Um, so Ireland is one of the top producers of plastic waste in Europe. Yeah, um, we we produce more plastic than England and based on population alone, that yeah. is that is crazy. Yeah. That we are wasting so much plastic. And I actually felt bad and normally I would have a drink on my counter, but my plastic water bottle was over there. <laughs> and it's out of shot and of camera. It will never be in shot again. It will never be in shot again. And I will be using sustainable uh, and renewable cups. And we've actually since you were on News Talk yesterday, I was looking into different types of companies that provide water in either cartons that can be recycled or uh, cans that can be recycled rather than the plastic water. Now, that might incur an extra expense on having a water bottle mm -hmm. in. We also have water fountains. Um, but yeah, just in our little gym alone, how we ex uh, do waste and what we're starting with is we're getting new bins to have a plastics only bin because despite me saying it's recyclable, mm -hmm. they keep just, people keep throwing the random stuff in mm -hmm. uh, with half a cup of coffee in it and stuff. So yeah. it's, it's, it's the recycling is making notes. It's not doing anything because we're ruining it. Yeah. So it's we're going to have more, yeah, so we're going to have more bins segregation. and <clears throat> segregation of it because yeah. we need it. And it's something that I want to do. And like I have a three-year-old and I want to teach him that that's that's how we do things and uh, obviously his generation are gonna incur our generation's wrath uh, mm -hmm. over what we've done and what we're doing and so on and so forth so every little thing we can do at, like at FSM to help is yeah. kind of what we want to do. Well it's interesting because I, I think I, I was really surprised here in Ireland that half a million people belong to gyms that's 10% yeah. of the population which is pretty significant yeah. uh, and, and actually we have a really small um, member to gym ratio so we tend they're, they're much smaller gyms than like maybe what you'd see in America yeah um, so there's a huge opportunity for education you yes. have this kind of captive audience coming in to do their workout and, and actually
actually you have an opportunity to kind of show them how to properly recycle yeah. or tell them, hey, if we keep going like this by 2050, there's going to be more plastic in the ocean than fish yeah. and, and get them thinking about those things uh, in a really gentle way. So there's a, like, a real opportunity for, for education. But uh, recycling is really tough to, te- to teach people. I used to go to electric picnic and stand by bins every September, at, you know, and it was, it was just trying to get drunk people to recycle. Yeah, like, forget yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and signposting is a big part of that. Clear, really clear images yeah. that that where people don't have to think and they go, oh, I know that goes there, and and that's hard. Like that kind of communication through images and being effective in that is really tricky. But that's what you have to have to do do to have yeah. good recycling. But but really anything. Uh, like water in a package that is going to be thrown away or even recycled is still not as efficient as like a refill station. Yeah. I know you have a refill station, but even making it uh, possible that you have a few cups so that people don't even have to buy a package of water, yeah. that they can borrow a cup and just have their water here and yeah. leave the cup behind or whatever, that's, you know, that actually reduces impact even more yes. because it takes energy to recycle things too exactly um, and that, again and all these little things that we're looking at like I would like to look at and I, I would like to implement and again signage and awareness and what we do and because we run such a big kids program we can then we can have those chats with our kids and set them tasks uh, on that type of stuff and I know that you, they kind of you mentioned like doing a, like a days out with the gym and we, we, we do workshops and we do fun days and stuff like that in the, it was always in the gym but we've never actually like gone out and practiced any of this well it's, it's kind of new to me I've always known it like yes you recycle yes you do this at home but I've never thought of it as my company can start mm-hmm. impacting and helping and we work with so many people uh, well it's a, it's a small number but like for us it's a lot of people we work with and if we can then, like we educate our kids on mental toughness and respect of everyone in the room and regardless of ability, you, so if we're teaching them that, then we can also help them understand the environment. And, and yeah. even we ask them, I think a few, uh, like the other day, a lot, a half of the kids in the room that day went to the climate change or did the, the strikes, wow. <coughs> the strike and stuff like that with their yeah. school, which is really good and stuff. So Kids really, they really get it. But I mean, I always think... Um, planet is very like our human body like it breathes it bleeds it, yeah. you know uh it cries whatever and and so yeah if, if if you're a company that's all about how to really respect yeah. your body then it's a natural progression that, that you would be saying also respect this bigger body that we yes. depend on and um one of the things that was interesting is that some uh kind of gyms in the uk are cropping up that are really about um going out and doing conservation so it could be digging a trail or getting rid of an invasive species and sometimes when I'm in the gym here and we're flipping tires or something I'm like I might as well just go become a farmer because basically (laughs) that's what I'm doing you know and so actually taking those skills that you learn here yeah and all that muscle you're building and putting it to something outdoors yeah could be really meaningful and that is that's another thing and I've said this before in class and I've said on different podcasts is that literally everything we do inside of the four walls that we have at FSM is to make your quality of life better Mm -hmm. if you're purpose is if your whole life your 23 hours designed on this one hour you have in here then you are either wanting to be an olympic athlete which an hour is not enough <laughs> uh or i think you and it, this is a lot of people's headspace and i get that it's away from work it's away from kids it's away from all the stress you come in you sweat you're just working and yeah. the distress works uh and helps the, the headspace but i think that 
the impact of what we were we're trying to do here is to make everything outside of here easier. Yeah. So the likes of and I used to always say that if I if I'm on the local radio, I always say um, go climb a tree. What's the first thing? Go climb a tree. Mm-hmm. Oh well, I'm thirty seven years of age. Right? Yeah. So that's what we learn here. <laughs> yeah, that's the go climb a tree because yeah. like it's it's firstly it's fun. It's embarrassingly fun because yeah, uh-huh. when you're up there and adults walk past and you're up there <laughs> and your son's looking at you and it's a bit fun, but. Uh, it's slightly embarrassing but then you're laughing at yourself because you did it yeah um but yeah like going out and doing things and then if you're going to go out sure and i, I like what they did on bray beach was actually if the beach uh, queen thing, the beach queen thing which is beach queen yeah or take three pieces yeah. of plastic or tree, that's tree planting which we do on brayhead all the time and you know and is hard work like yeah. digging into the ground takes you, the fitness that we learn here you know exactly so yeah. it's 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 a, it's a it's a win-win on that yeah. aspect and and that's again one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you because I don't know enough about it and obviously I'm learning a little bit more now and then I can start implementing stuff down the line and what I can do today and then what I can do in the coming year and yeah. when we're doing our strategic planning for 2020 and 2021 is like climate and environmental aspects is well how are we benefiting yeah. and what are we doing and is this positive or negative towards the, the greater goal because yeah. FSM's mission is to impact as many people through fitness but then what else can we teach them through that and like with health and like even nutrition as well I know you spoke about nutrition yesterday and we're going to touch on nutrition today because obviously meat and the uh, processing aspect of meat and the carbon footprint that it leaves now I'm a, I'm a carnivore yeah. as you've seen on the Insta- yeah. and if, uh, I tried a vegan yeah. burger didn't go down well <laughs> Didn't get it. Um, I did try. I did try. I will be trying some more stuff tomorrow. Um, When I talk to uh, 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 another bunch of guys from Catalyst uh, who are vegan friendly. Um, But yeah, so where, like, you've done some research on that. I. It is. The, it is the issue that, that I just wrestle with all the time because I um, I don't generally like eat pasta or bread. I don't yeah. eat carbs, um, you know, those kind of carbs anyway. And a lot of that stuff would be on the kind of vegetarian, vegan thing. Yeah. But then just because you're a vegan doesn't necessarily mean you're a healthy vegan. Exactly. So yeah, I, I don't like processed food, so I wouldn't ever eat that corn stuff or, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff that has tons of chemicals in it and, and yeah, it's yeah, supposed yeah. to taste like sausage but isn't. I'd have no interest in that. And so I tend to have, like, vegetables and, and protein, you know, yeah. and that's and so I eat meat too. Um, and I know that animal agriculture is, like, the worst thing you can do for the environment, you know, okay. as an individual. Yeah. Well, next to flying, right? But um, so, but I also, like, this is what my body responds to. This yeah. is how I lose weight, you know? Um, so I really struggle with this issue of, like, what can I eat that's good for my body but also not making... A, a huge. I mean, anything yeah. is going to make an impact on the planet, but not making as much of an impact. And um, and I think the kind of the emphasis on protein, um, you know, and steaks and everything it, it is maybe you know probably it's probably the worst thing. I mean, so there are proteins that are better than others. Like yeah. obviously, uh, lamb is the worst in terms of climate impact. Okay. Um, sheep emit the most amount of methane, followed by cows. Uh, so beef would be yeah. uh, so there are other proteins like beans and tofu and everything, mm. but I know it's really hard because um, most animal proteins have all the amino acids we need and most plant proteins don't and you know so it's 
but I think it's really interesting, and you would come at that from a really interesting approach of how do you how do you get the balance right on protein, you know? So wait, for 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 from my understanding and nutrition, I think nutrition is just a horrible rabbit hole because it's all individualized. And, and it's a really new field too. Yeah. Actually, we know so little about nutrition. Yeah. And everyone eats differently, and everyone's mm-hmm. body responds regarding on the hormone effect that a, a food can cause. Yeah. Um, but with regards to there is there is athletes out there that claim that they're 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 plant based athletes and they're they're big and fit and they're strong, but then that is a very few, and I would I would kind of go down the road is that they are more genetically gifted to be athletes, mm-hmm. and regardless of what they eat, they'll perform. Um, when it comes to meat, I've worked with vegetarians who were kind of vegetarians and when I got them to eat, could start consuming some food, some chicken or food, sorry, (laughs) vegan food, real food. Uh, I'm trying to (laughs) be politically correct here. Uh, The performance went up, they got leaner, they got stronger. And because I know that the benefit of meat eating is good for athletic ability. It's efficient, I guess, Uh, yeah. but then you can go down the road of supplements, but then there's a lot of sugar and processing and, sh- and, and chemicals and, and supplements. And, and despite yeah. what all the companies say, mm-hmm. they're all pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, and then what would work for you and what will work for me are two different things. So I could get great results with something and you might have an adverse reaction that mm. doesn't give you any results. Yeah. So it's all trial and error. Yeah. And then to really test someone, mm-hmm. I'd have to do a full six week protocol. Yeah. Then see what was working cut everything, what, cut out, everything out and then start out. reintroducing you know yeah. no one has those 12 weeks or yeah. uh, 18 weeks for me to sit down and you're not going to yeah. dial it in for that long yeah. and it's not convenient so you're trying to be convenient with people yeah. but how do you then offset the environment and or to help the environment and still get your gains okay so yeah. that's a hard thing yeah um, yeah, and I think we chip away. I don't think, I mean, any, it's like you said with diet and everything, it's all small changes, and the same thing applies to environmental stuff. Yeah. Like, you're not going to overnight uh, switch from being a high meat eater to a vegan. No. You know, so like this week now, because we're doing the nutrition challenge here, I slow cooked eight chicken breasts on Sunday. Yeah. And so I've been eating pretty much all chicken all week, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah. but, but that's better than usually I'd bring in some, minced beef or something you know and so I'm going okay well it's a bit better than what I do and you know maybe next week I'll bring in uh, one vegan meal into that or something so I I, like I definitely try to to bring in vegan recipes into into my uh my weekly plan without just saying that's it I'm cutting it all out because I think that's when you start to make the mistakes and your nutrition goes down you know and when as soon as you cut one thing out of your diet you're going to see if you cut like if you're a meat eater and you automatically cut meat out of your diet you're going to see ads for meat everywhere it's like (laughs) chocolate it's the chocolate you it's very hard and other people some people say it's an addiction and sugar addiction and stuff like that i I just think with food it's habit based so if you're eating like there was a point when i was eating um bacon and eggs every single morning and i think i was in it for years and i was like Two three years because the, the paleo, remember, everyone yeah, was mad yeah, about yeah. paleo, yeah. and it's like, oh, we can eat as much fat and as much bacon as you want. I was like, okay, so everyone did, and then mm-hmm. everyone started gaining weight, and I was getting bigger. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm actually, I actually feel like I, I smell of meat, like, <laughs> I just there's something wrong here. So then I took bacon completely out of my diet, uh-huh. uh, in the mornings. Now, if I had it on a weekend, I wouldn't mind, but Monday to Friday, I would have a normal, I'd have a breakfast where I, instead of bacon, I had one more egg and I'd put more veg in. Mm. 
and then I start feeling better. Oh, and then I notice that at my energy levels, because the body will respond to really good food. Yeah. But then if you're overindulging on that really good food, like if you have too much veg, if you constantly have too much veg in your diet, your stomach's going to get upset. Yeah, because you need other things. Because <clears throat> you need other balance. things to balance yeah. it out. And so yeah. it's, you can't, like, it's just like anything in mass amounts is, yeah. will be bad for you over time. Yeah. So it, it's that kind of... It's becoming an educated eater, I think, and knowing what yeah, you're... And know, yeah, and knowing what you can do yeah. versus what... So when people say to me, like, we do the red, orange, green, mm-hmm. and I know that people in here can eat rice and pasta. I can't I eat can't pasta. Eat like, I'm going to just, like, it's yeah. like I, I'm an allergic reaction to yeah. it. Like, it just makes me bloat. Yeah. Uh, I can't eat rice because it messes with my digestive system. just feels really uncomfortable when I eat rice. Yeah. Some people can. Yeah. That's not fair. That's just the way you're built. Yeah. And you have to accept that. Yeah. And then you get people who are nutritionists say, oh, you shouldn't be eating this. But if you can get away with it, yeah. and it's okay in your system, and it's not increasing your, your body fat or your visceral yeah. fat, or... Yeah. It's not affecting you with your sleep, and you, you actually feel good when you have it. Yeah. And I think more power to you. Go do it. You're allowed to eat that for yeah. play. Yeah. Um, but I think there's no one. There's no one size fits all when it comes to yeah. nutrition. And I, as as we've been talking to you about environment and nutrition, is making small changes that can impact better over. Yeah. The coming time yeah. will definitely help. I mean, what's interesting, I did that exclusion, <clears throat> that eight week exclusion thing, and yeah. kind of learned <clears throat> from that what I could tolerate and what I couldn't. Yeah. But when we did the body scan thing a couple weeks ago, my visceral fat score is really high, like yeah. worryingly high. And that's actually um, given me kind of pause for thought about animal fats. And I'm going, okay, maybe I actually really do need to yeah. switch over because I might feel good, you know, because I'm not yeah. eating pasta or whatever. but but the scan is telling me there's something wrong there's something that's you know? in your diet that's not yeah. that's not benefiting yeah. Yeah. and that's and this is one of the reasons why I got that machine yeah. because yeah. of that and then when we when we rescan and if it's coming down we know that you're making your own the right course otherwise to, I'm going to the hospital <laughs> yeah. or you're sending you we're ringing we're ringing um, and I just think that those little things um about the human body because the human body is a, is a machine like you know if you eat bad food you know you're like you're going to produce more methane going forward like you're <laughs> so when you have a good digestive system when you're you're fueling it is a machine it's an organic machine yeah. and like anything it gives off uh yeah. gases Put this politely, yeah. it gives carbon off gases carbon dioxide a bunch of other things yeah so if we fuel it correctly it's going to be a less impact on in theory some people are just yeah. super polluters yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, there is. Uh, some could be in this gym. Um, uh, some, some days it's not so good. Yeah, yeah. But there are other things we can do too. Yeah. Um, but uh, just kind of getting back to today, what would, if you could give, I don't know, one or two things that someone could do today to impact either their health or their home to impact the environment, what would it well, it's a really tough question because um, it differs for everybody. Yeah. So the first thing I say is that people should know, particularly their carbon footprint, that's actually relatively easy to go out and find. And you can go onto like carboncalculator.com or just Google carbon calculator. And there's lots of different calculators where you put in your you know, your energy bills yeah. and uh, you know what kind of diet you have and how often you fly and it will come back with a number. And in Ireland, the number 
is about 13 tons of carbon equivalent, like all the greenhouse gases, uh, per person per year is what we emit, which is really high. Like yeah. it's it's up there as one of the highest in Europe. Um, so the, what we need to do is get it down to two to four tons per person. So that's a huge drop. That's and crazy. Like, like how said, are you going to do 13, that? Not true. Yeah, right? thirteen okay. to two, right? Yeah. Um, and and that's I've looked at how to do this because I obviously I want to do this. Yeah. And even if I go completely vegan and give up my car and stop flying and do you know completely spend hundreds of thousands on my house to get it you know super energy efficient yeah um i can get it down to about six okay so but still that's still no not that, right yeah, yeah. and so that's actually where government intervention and that's where all these strikes are coming from because it's impossible as an individual yeah to do what we need to do to address climate change but if the government what they call decarbonize the grid so mm. we move completely away from fossil fuels and we had all renewable energy and we had um fossil fuel free transport yeah then i wouldn't have to make any dietary changes and it wouldn't matter what my house was like because when i turned on the lights it's, it's powered yeah. by renewable energy and i could get my carbon footprint down to two to four tons so that's why this idea of system change is way more important than, than just individual, individual change. change. So there's two things I say. One is know your carbon footprint and yeah. start chipping away at the high things. For me, it was flying. Mm -hmm. So I gave up a job in Brussels so that I wasn't flying as much. Um, but the other thing is get political, actually. And it's about pushing politicians. And in Ireland, in particular, we have um, very good access to our politicians. Yeah. And so just if they come to your door saying what are you doing about climate change what are mm. you doing about climate change and i think we're seeing now all these people out striking and protesting uh suddenly these politicians who didn't give two hoots about climate change yeah. two years ago are suddenly saying they care you know so so i'm really an advocate of like of political engagement and, yeah you know. and that's good and that's not um just so if you're, if you're listening that's not an out to say you don't have to do anything until the bigger people do other stuff that's you still can't make yeah. you still can't make changes it's and top sure. down bottom up <clears throat> yeah. so i think if you know your carbon footprint then you know well what can i do can i give up yeah. one flight a year can i can i have meat meat free mondays can i yeah. do but it's different for everybody yeah depending on on who they are and then the other thing is to be really mindful of your your waste and there's really interesting facebook groups all over now called zero waste so there's mm. zero waste ireland and there's zero waste communities popping up all over Ireland um, and they put really good ideas of yeah. how to cut down on waste and where you can bring reusable packaging to you know to buy your food or whatever how you can make your own packaging free soaps or shampoos or, yeah but you know it's just getting to think about how much do we throw out and how could we cut that back and I know uh, I was only watching this uh, last night of the Bill Gates interview uh, series on Netflix on what he's doing with uh, sanitation and he's creating these toilets and he's been working with them for God knows, I'm on episode two of it uh, in third world developing countries that if you go to the bathroom the waste will be used to purify to firstly create energy to purify the water of the waste yeah, yeah. and then then you have soil mm -hmm. yeah. and he's like this is what this is my everyone's gone after water and he's like he's like I have 400 million he's pumped into this yeah. and he's trying to get the like the initial kind of design was like a 500,000 euro toilet mm -hmm. and he goes well that no one can avoid that <laughs> has to be has to be 500 dollars or less yeah, yeah. or less and it was very interesting and that's his that's his whole mission yeah, like yeah. he could like it's like I can literally change 
the world's waste. Yeah, I That's think we're <coughs> really lucky actually that we are living in a time where there's technology to solve all these things. Yeah. So like we could get all our energy from solar or wind or mm. whatever. We could be using our livestock waste here in Ireland to create energy. Yeah. You know, um, so it's all there. But you're right. It's about it's about making it kind of uh, cost effective enough that yes. people can actually buy it. You know. So guys, we're gonna wrap. Uh, before we go, do you have anything to say to? The world, the world, <laughs> my, my, world. my 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 viewers. <laughs> no, I think I, like it's really exciting. It, sometimes it's hard as an environmental scientist to see, uh, you know, all this bad news about the climate. And, yeah. You know, this summer they said the Greenland ice sheet is melting um, at a rate that scientists thought wouldn't happen for thirty more years. Mm. So everything is speeding up, and that's quite scary. But at the same time, the interest in this issue is also speeding up, and yeah. so the climate strikes were, you know, really uh, a, a moment of hope for me. And even having things like gyms saying we, we want to do our part and other businesses saying we want to do our part, uh, that's a huge sign of hope. So it's, yeah. it's great if other gyms kind of take on this idea and start looking around at what they can do and particularly how they can engage their members and yeah. change the world with us. Uh, guys, so we're going to wrap up today's show uh, on YouTube. Guys, we're going to just be posting the audio because the camera clearly shut down. I heard it. Um, I heard it shut down. I must have put it. I put in the wrong memory card. Um, so we will have the audio on YouTube. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe and share it with your friends and leave a positive comment. If you want any information on environmental change and more information on climate change, uh, all uh, Carl's links to our website and stuff like that will be on the show notes below. So just scroll down, you'll find them all there. And Cara, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you, Stephen. And because of Cara's show, I can now officially move into Spotify. They'll let me on now. Woohoo! Okay. <laughs> all right, guys, we are out. <laughs>